Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. And welcome to episode 34 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, I am your host, J.P. Stickle. I do apologize. I have not been behind the mic in a few weeks. It has been hectic here in the Sticko household. I am raising a five-year-old and an 18-month-year-old. And as you can imagine, my life is upside down. But I am back, and I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm fully recharged, and I'm ready to break down what happened in Wild Card Weekend, as well as give you some hints into how this weekend, the divisional round, is going to play out. So, without further ado, I'm not going to waste much time in this introduction, so if you're ready, I'm ready, let's roll. So the first game that I'm going to recap for Wild Card Weekend is the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers won this game 41-23. Mr. Purdy went 18 for 30 for 332 yards and four total touchdowns. However, he started off a little bit cold, but in the second half, he was 9 for 11, 185 yards, two passing touchdowns, as well as a rushing touchdown. Uh, sorry, a rushing touchdown. Now, this score is not indicative of how this game went. Seattle was actually only down six points with two minutes left in that third quarter. As we all know, the wheels fell off from there. They had the ball at the 20-yard line, and they were going in, in the, at late in the third quarter. However, Geno Smith drops back, and he was strip-sacked, and our man Bosa recovers that fumble. From that point, it was all 49ers. The 49ers. Okay, are 14 and 0 in games where they have not turned the ball over. Okay, this is very important. Why is this important? Because this gives us a very great insight to how the 49ers want to play. Okay, and it's simple. It's just 49ers football is don't turn over the ball and let your defense be elite. This is the top defense in the NFL, and there's no if ands or buts about it. So this team and Purdy is doing a really good job at this is protecting the football. Okay, if San Francisco can protect the football, they will win the football game. So the real question here is what is next for Seattle? Okay, it's been a great season, right? Coming into the season, Seattle was supposed to stink. They didn't know who they're going to start at quarterback. Geno Smith comes in and plays very well. They were not supposed to make the playoffs, but not only did they make the playoffs, my good people, they hung around with one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl in the San Francisco 49ers for three quarters. Not only that, they played a bunch of young guys. So this bodes very well for the outlook for Seattle moving forward. Oh, and by the way, thanks to our man, Russ, they have amazing draft capital. They are stacked and loaded for years to come in terms of the draft. But they do need to fix a few things. Number one, this team can't tackle. If you watch any of the Seattle games, they missed tackles left and right. They ranked 31st in the NFL this year with yards after catch, also known as yak. Okay, so that means wide receivers are catching the ball and they are getting more and more yards after the catch. That is very important. You need 
to be able to tackle in the secondary, and Seattle just can't do that. They are very weak on the defensive front. Number two, very weak at the defensive front. And number three, what are they going to do now with Geno Smith? Are they going to resign him? Are they going to let him walk? Well, let's break down Geno Smith's numbers. Geno Smith in 2020-2023 season, 572 pass attempts. That ranks eighth in the NFL. 4,282 yards. That's tied for seventh best. 30 touchdowns tied for fourth best and 11 interceptions tied for 10th. If I was the Seattle Seahawks, I would look to sign Geno Smith. I don't think Geno Smith is going to get top dollar on the market. You might as well sign Geno Smith. See what you have with him again next year. Continue to bolster your roster. Continue to grow your young players. And let's see what happens. Okay. Down the road, you can always look to sign a free agent veteran quarterback. You can always look to draft one late in a draft to see what happens with a player uh, at the quarterback position who tend to grow over time. Let them sit back and let them learn under Geno Smith. But we just don't know. What is going to happen with Geno Smith is going to be the storyline for the Seattle Seahawks this offseason. The next game from Wild Card Weekend was the L.A. Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars won this game 31-30. to I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I'm not going to lie. Like I said, my life is upside down, so I'm tired. I fell asleep at halftime, and I woke up around the middle of the fourth quarter shocked to see that Jacksonville had a chance in this game. The Chargers blew a 27-0 lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars turned the ball over a total of four times in the first half in a game where Trevor Lawrence in total was 28 of 47 for four touchdowns. And again, those four turnovers were all in the first half. And I quote, this is a good quote from Trevor Lawrence. The guys sacrificed way too much for me to be the reason they lose. I love that quote from Trevor Lawrence. I live down in South Carolina. For those of you that don't know, this guy is Clemson through and through. He always Puts the team first. He may not look like it, right? He's Mr. Pretty Boy and all, but this guy is a team player. And his mindset, okay, was to win for his team. He did not let his first half dictate how he was going to play in the second half. And I think that is huge for Trevor Lawrence's confidence moving forward. And I think this is why his talent, his elite talent, is going to continue to shine for years to come. The Jaguars were minus five in turnover ratio in this game, and they won. This is the first time in playoff history that this has happened. But why did this happen? Well, we can only point to one thing, or should I say one person, Coach Staley. This is not Madden, Coach Staley. What are you doing? Why are you playing reckless when you're up 27 to nothing? And let me explain how he was coaching reckless. Austin Eckler, yeah, that Austin Eckler, the number one running back in fantasy football, Austin Eckler, had six touches the entire second half. Six touches in a game where you're leading 27 to nothing. Bleed the clock. Run the ball. This is like peewee football coach stuff, right? Just run the ball. Why would you put your team in a position to lose the game by giving the other team possessions? Limit their possessions by running the football. News broke on Tuesday that the Los Angeles Chargers did fire their offensive coordinator. 
So this begs to ask the question, is Coach Staley next? Do they fire Staley? Let's look a little bit deeper into what's next for L.A. uh, heading into next season. So by doing so, we're going to look back again at their defensive ranks. So points against, they ranked 12th. Yards against, 9th. Red zone, uh, red zone percentage, meaning t- uh, teams that got in the red zone, how many times did they score? 54% of the time, which ranked 18th. And yards per play, which ranked 22nd. Offensively, rush plays called per game, dead last in the NFL. Rush yards per play, 30th in the NFL. And their passing offense was top five in all categories. So what is the problem here? Well, number one, defensively, they cannot hold teams to field goals. This is extremely important in the NFL with this air raid new offenses that we're seeing in the NFL. Teams are going to get into the red zone, okay? And if you're not turning them over and or holding them to field goals, you will not win the close games. Run the damn ball. Run the ball. Now, heading into this draft, obviously, the Chargers have a lot of work to do. They're not there yet. I think their defense is better than they played this season i think they have playmakers on that defensive side of the ball darwin james being the number one however they need a new offense they can herbert trust me i'm the biggest justin herbert guy in the world like i have a bunch of his rookie cards i've invested a lot of money in him in terms of his rookie cards and autographs however with that being said i understand the new offense i just mentioned it. it's a new air raid offense however you need to know how to coach and you need to be able to run the ball in order to win in the NFL. Look at all the teams that are left, okay? Look at all the teams that are left. Dallas Cowboys can run the ball, okay? Buffalo Bills, when they have to, right? They don't always do it, but they can run the ball, and they do that in different ways. They do that with their running backs, but they also do that with Josh Allen. Kansas City is just a whole different animal in general. They just have a type of offense where the screen game is their running game. So technically, in my book, they're running the game. They're running the ball. San Francisco runs the ball, okay? So, Coach Daly, if you do not get fired this offseason, which I will be very shocked, but it's kind of trending towards that way, that you're going to stay in Los Angeles because your team has got your back for some strange reason. I don't get it. Okay, you must be a really good guy, and, and kudos to you. But you need to change your coaching strategies. When you're, I, I'm all about being aggressive early in the game. Go for it. You know, Go for fourth downs. Do what you have to do. But when you're winning 27 to nothing, and Austin Eckler, who is one of your best players, is touching the ball six times in a whole half when you're leading 27 to nothing, I think it's time to change your philosophy, pal. Next game for Wild Card Weekend is the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. 31-34 to in favor of the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins really showed out here defensively and made this a game. They were turning the Buffalo Bills over. They forced three turnovers, two of those interceptions. However, the Buffalo Bills, being the Buffalo Bills, stepped up on defense when it mattered. They forced a total of six punts and two turnovers. Josh Allen in this game was 23 of 39 with three touchdowns and three Total turnovers, two interceptions, and one strip sack. All around, my guys, my good people, is there's really not much I can say other than this was an extremely sloppy football game. One that the Buffalo Bills better, better fix because if they play sloppy next week against the Cincinnati Bengals, this could be a loss for them. But I'm going to get there once I get to my my divisional game uh, games breakdown a little bit later in this podcast. So, again, what is the 
what is going to happen in Miami? What is what 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 is we have a lot of question marks this offseason, right? What are they going to do with Tua? Right? If you listen to Keyshawn, Jay, and uh Keyshawn, Will, and Max uh in the mornings, Keyshawn is is a little bit nervous about playing Tua about his health, his overall health. And he's even mentioned, even Jay Will's mentioned shutting them down, shutting him down forever. Have him retire. Okay, this concussions are a big, 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 big issue. Okay. CTE is absolute no joke. And I feel for Tua. He was having a fantastic season. He was connecting in this offense, connecting with his wide receivers, and he was playing really lights out. However, if they do decide that they're going to continue to roll with Tua as their quarterback one, they need to fix up their backup quarterbacks, right? Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable backup. However, he is also constantly hurt. You cannot have a starting quarterback that is constantly hurt backed up by a backup quarterback that is constantly hurt. It just does not work. Okay. So if I were the Miami Dolphins, what I'm looking to do here, if I'm keeping two is I'm going to sign a veteran quarterback um, and I'm going to have him sit behind two if that's my game plan. And I'm going to see what happens. But this backup quarterback needs to be a quarterback that can stay on the field. Tua is a free agent in 2025 with a fifth-year option. And the question, again, comes down to, is it going to be Tua or do the Miami Dolphins move to a man like Tom Brady? We will see. This is going to be one of the more interesting uh, headlines this offseason. I'm looking forward to it. Real quick for another little quick wildcard breakdown, Ravens versus the Bengals. Bengals win 24-17. to Cincinnati needed a fumble at the one-yard line to win this game. The fumble by Huntley occurred with 12 minutes left in this game. Joe Burrow did not have a Joe Burrow-like game. He was 200. He passed for 209 yards, one touchdown, and one rushing touchdown. He's going to need to play better against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are going to put up points. Buffalo Bills are going to put up points, so Cincinnati better keep up. Where do the Ravens? go from here is the next question well of course it all boils down to lamar jackson are they going to be able to resign resign lamar jackson because this whole narrative this offseason right was you know whatever lamar does decides to sit all year we have huntley huntley can come in he could be serviceable enough to win us some ball games i hate to break it to you baltimore but huntley is not serviceable and and that kind of shocks me because um two years ago when he came in and filled in for lamar he looked a lot better than he did this season so what are the ravens going to do they do own the 22nd pick in this year's nfl draft but huntley is just not that dude so you have spent years building a team around lamar jackson this is an offense that not everybody can run it takes a special special rare talent like lamar jackson to run this offense they're going to have to sign Lamar Jackson, or this is going to be, guys, a total rebuild in Baltimore. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. My New York football giants beat the Minnesota Vikings 31 to 24. And just as I predicted this offseason, I'm going to pat myself on the back because God only knows I was wrong at all on a lot of things. So come on, give me some credit here when credit is due. I said my New York football giants are going to change their culture. And that's exactly what happened on the coach to ball. Their culture has changed and they're back to wanting to win. They're doing whatever it takes to win. And whatever it took to win last week against this, sorry, this last week against Minnesota was they didn't make mistakes. That's the key to football. 
Don't make mistakes offensively. Keep your team in it offensively. Don't turn it over. Don't give the other team more possessions in good field position than you need to. Keep the ball safe. Daniel Jones went for 301 yards, two passing touchdowns, and rushed for 78. This is the first time in playoff history that a quarterback went for 300 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 70-plus yards rushing. I repeat, the first time in NFL playoff history. Daniel, Daniel Jones. NFL, uh, sorry, football in New York, guys, is back. Darius Slayton is on the record this week after the game stating, and I quote, we have a legacy to live up to. That's exactly what you want to hear. That's exactly the type of culture that you want to build in your locker room, right? Hold your legacy. Hold your on. Hold your own. Do what you need to do to make sure you do not let down your teammates and the past teammates from that football team, the legacy players. Don't let them down. Do what you have to do. Saquon Barkley, the captain, the heart and soul of this football team, rushed for 109 yards on 14 carries. With that being said, he will need to do more against Philadelphia in order for the New York Giants to upset Philly in Philly on Saturday night. He's going to have to do more. And what I mean by that is going to have to carry a heavier load. He's going to have to carry at least 20-plus touches at least in order for the New York football Giants to win that game. But the offense wasn't the only bright spot, right? Defensively, we did what we came out to wanting to do, and that was bottle just bottle down Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the NFL. And how did we do that? Well, we simply rolled our coverages to Justin Jefferson's side, and then in man coverage, we were taxiing him, meaning we had one cornerback, and in this case, um, this cornerback was, I think it was Jackson, yes, Diari Jackson was taxiing Justin Jefferson all game long. So he was playing underneath and then they had a safety or another player playing over the top. So technically you are double teaming Jefferson on every single play and it worked. But when you do that, you leave the other side of the field empty, which means Hawkinson was seeing a ton of one-on-one -on -one coverage and then very light coverages on zones. He went for 10 catches, 129 yards and 11 targets. So where does Minnesota go from here? Offensive ranks, Minnesota rushing percentage ranked 20th. Yards per rush, 26. Yards per game on the ground, 28th. They stunk running the football. The bigger issue, however, because that's a big one, but a bigger issue for Minnesota moving forward is that horrendous Swiss cheese-smelling defense that they have. Opponents per game, they ranked 30th. Opponents yards per game, 31st. Red zone percentage, 58%. Horrendous, 22nd. They do own the 23rd pick in this year's NFL draft and they do need to bolster this defense. However, I also believe they need to get a true wide receiver two to help Justin Jefferson. This will stop the roll coverages. This will stop all the taxi coverages that he's seeing because when teams decide that they want to try to stop Justin, Justin Jefferson and they have a good enough quarter, cornerback to do so, it is possible as we saw here. So moving forward, Minnesota better be looking to draft defense, but they also need to be looking to add maybe a veteran wide receiver to this off season. Last game for wildcard weekend, Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is going to be a quick one here. There's really not much that I could say. Dallas played absolutely flawless in this game. They just overwhelmed the Bucks offensively, defensively from whistle to whistle. 
Uh, Dak was 25 for 33 with three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. In my opinion, by far his best game of the entire season. And then they actually got Tony Pollard the ball. They got Tony the Pollard ball with 15 carries for 77 yards. This is a huge confidence builder for Dallas moving forward as they're going to head into San Francisco with their heads held high, confidence riding high. This should be an unbelievable game. But again, what now for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Do they resign Tom Brady? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. They also ranked dead last in all rushing categories. They couldn't run the ball for Jack. I mean, obviously their offensive line was a makeshift offensive line, but they were bad. However, with that being said, I think Rashad White is that dude. I think Rashad White in dynasty formats, fantasy dynasty formats, go and trade for him now. Their O-line stinks. That should be fixed. But again, the big question is, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. They may have a new quarterback. What is this offense going to look like from for years to come? There's just a lot of a lot of question marks in Tampa Bay. It's time to break down the divisional round. I'm going to be rapid fire with these things. I'm going to give you some key stats, some key players to keep an eye on for each and every game, and I'm going to predict the score. Caution: I am not the gambling expert. That would be my man Fitz. Okay, we do live show on YouTube all season long. We haven't done it during the playoffs. But if you want to win money next year, make sure you are following our YouTube live show. We won lots of money this season. But I'm going to give it my best shot. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid is 28-5 and coming off of a bye week. He's averaging 30 points per game after those buys with Patrick Mahomes under center. The question of this game is, can the Jaguars keep it close? I think they can keep it close, but it's going to take a flawless game from Trevor Lawrence in an extremely hostile environment. A key stat to know from this game, the Jacksonville Jaguars ranked in the bottom half for, against tight ends, meaning they give up a ton, a ton of yards to tight ends. Guess who Kansas City has a tight end? Travis Kelsey, so Kelsey may feast. So if you like prop bets, look into the over Travis Kelsey on yards, over Travis Kelsey on, on tar, uh, catches, over Travis Kelsey on touchdowns. But if they decide to key in on Travis Kelsey, I expect Patrick Mahomes to pick this defense apart. My prediction, Kansas City wins 34-21. to 21. Next game, G-Man versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The season story here is the Eagles have outscored the New York football giants 70 to 38 in the, in the first two games. That is a very lopsided, ugly number. Uh, three game sweeps and sweeps in NFL history has happened a total of 62.5% of the time. So more than 50%, a team that beats a team twice in the regular season will beat them in the playoffs. However, I think the Giants are the hotter team right now. Philly has looked really bad in the last three games that they've played. Third, uh, 40 to 34 loss to the Dallas Cowboys, and then a 20 to 10 loss to the New Orleans Saints, and then a 22 to 16 win against a resting New York Giants team. Now, they did have a bye. They have time to right the ship. Key players, Adoree Jackson, I had mentioned him before, who held Justin Jefferson to 37 total yards last week was covering Justin Jack Justin Jefferson 85% of the time. So a lot of credit goes to him for covering just uh, covering Justin Jefferson that game. Let's see how he does against A.J. Brown. He's, 
if he can cover AJ Brown, he's going to make things very uncomfortable for Jalen Hurts. Sorry for that background noise there, my kids. Like I said, my life is upside down. Just came home from daycare. But I'm ready to finish my thoughts on the New York football giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This spread opened up at eight and a half, and it's now down to seven and a half. So what I'm going to do here, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take the Giants with the spread, seven and a half, and then I'm going to sprinkle some money line. New York football Giants money line. My prediction, New York Giants win 24 to 21. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be one of the better games of the weekend. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the playoffs. Joey B has been lights out in the fourth quarter. He's 92 of 131 at a 70% completion rating and throws thrown for 1,039 yards, 11 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Josh Allen, on the other hand, in the fourth quarter has not been as good. He's actually been pretty average. 67 uh, for 115, 58% completion percentage, 900 yards, and four interceptions. Key injuries for the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati lost their starting left tackle last week in Williams and should not have Kappa, which is their right guard as well. So that's two offensive linemen down for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that's a difference for this game. I think the Buffalo Bills come out victorious with a game-winning field goal, 30-27. to Last but not least, the Dallas versus the San Francisco 49ers. This is a tough game for me to predict. Um, if Dallas comes out and plays like they did last week against the Bucs, I absolutely believe that they can come away with the upset. I see a more of a defensive battle here than I think many other people do, one where the Cowboys kind of try to get pressure on Purdy to force him into some key mistakes late in the game. And I do think that happens. Just like the New York football giants, I am taking the spread here with the Cowboys, and I'm also sprinkling a little bit on the money line. I think the Dallas Cowboys walk away from San Francisco with a win, 27-24. to 24. Just to recap, my two upsets for this week are the Dallas Cowboys and the New York football Giants. I am super excited for this divisional round. I think all these games are going to be very, very good besides the Kansas City and Jacksonville game. I expect Kansas City to uh, Jaguars to hang in there for a little while and then Kansas City to start running away. Other than that, this should be a great weekend of football. I hope you all enjoy it. Remember, stay safe and make sure that you are drinking responsibly. (laughs) But as always, my friends, it's been an absolute pleasure being with you guys. I'll be back again next week, recapping this weekend's games and looking forward to next weekend's games. As always, peace, love, and fantasy football.